Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are into hour number two of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. As always, if you want to join the program, multiple ways to get connected. You can call and or text 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. You can also uh, tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Cardinals today, they get a win against the Marlins. They uh, they did not have a hard time scoring runs today, scoring 16 runs on 17 hits, and none of their hits were home runs. Another big game for Mason Wynn. He goes three for four and he drives in four of those Cardinals 16 runs. So he drives in a quarter of their runs today. I was having a I was having a conversation with good friend Mark Reardon over on our sister station, 97.1 FM Talk today. And he asked me a question. He said, what concerns you about this Cardinals team? And he was asking really very specifically, he wanted to talk about Adam Wainwright because – we don't know what Wainwright's going to look like at the beginning of the season. And I know what I'm about to say is really going to make it sound like I'm a homer and I've got red-tinted glasses on. And what I'm saying right now applies to the 162-game regular season. This does not apply to the postseason. That's a If we're going to talk about it from a postseason perspective, I am still very concerned about the high-end starting pitching on this team and whether it will allow them to go on a deep playoff run. And I've that's I've said that a million times, and I may say it a million more times between now and whenever uh, the Cardinals potentially add to their starting pitching. But when we're when we're a couple weeks out from the start of the regular season, and we're looking at things from a from that regular season perspective, and what to be concerned about, I'm not concerned about much. Because the things to be concerned about, you should only be concerned about things that like there's no answer to. If Adam Wainwright doesn't come around, if Adam Wainwright isn't ready to pitch at a high level when the season gets started, well, you know what? They got a bunch of other guys. They have Jake Woodford, who's had a heck of a spring. They've got Dakota Hudson, who's still trying to put it together. They've got a Matthew Libertor, who's still trying to put it together. But there's there's guys who 
can contribute probably at least to the level of what we've seen recently from Adam Wainwright. I'm not worried about the starting rotation in the regular season. It's deep, and there are a bunch of guys that on any given night, one of 162 can go out there and can win you a game. We'll talk a lot about Paul DeYoung later on this hour. I, I don't know what to say about Paul DeYoung at this point. I I have a hard time believing that he's going to break camp with this team. I just, I don't know. Again, we'll we'll talk more in depth about this later on this hour, but Oliver Marmel today was asked, because DeYoung's injured again, and he was asked today kind of what the timeline is on DeYoung getting back into games, and they don't really have a timeline because it it could get to a point where if he misses enough time, you can't just throw him back into games. All of a sudden, you're back into some sort of ramp-up process, and if the ramp-up process, let's say he doesn't he isn't ready to play, he's not cleared to play again for another three, four days, and then there's three days of ramping up to where he needs to be. Well, at that point, you're a week in, and you're just days away from opening day, and you got a guy in DeYoung who's hitting 150. He There's nothing that he can do in a three-day period that's going to allow him to do enough to make the team at that point. So I, I don't know how a Paul DeYoung makes this team for an opening day roster. I think maybe you utilize the injured list. He's been banged up, so maybe it's a scenario where he starts the season on the IL and goes to Memphis on a rehab assignment, and that kind of counts as a spring training. Again, we'll get a lot more into this, and we'll get Oliver Marmel's comments on Paul DeYoung later on this hour. But even if DeYoung doesn't make it, like that's not a concern to me because you've got other guys who will take that roster spot who can perform at a level equal to or greater than what you were uh, expecting out of DeYoung this year. So, again, I... I'm hearing myself talk right now and just it's like I'm not saying anything negative about this team. Now, the answer I gave Reardon because I had to come up with an answer. The answer I gave to Mark Reardon was I'm a little bit concerned about the bullpen because of the lack of guys with track record. That's one of my things when it comes to teams and and the way I assess individuals. I don't count on anybody who doesn't have a year-over-year track record. And that, look, there's a lot of guys on the team that 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 is true for. You look at from a position player standpoint, Paul Goldschmidt's got a track record. Nolan Arnato's got a track record. Wilson Contreras has a track record. Tommy Edmond kind of has a track record. And that's it. Nobody else has done it year-over-year. Tyler O'Neill had one really good year. Lars Newtbar had a good half a season, right? Like, there's they just don't have that. For whatever reason... I think there's 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 so much depth. I, if a Brendan Donovan can't repeat what he did last year, which there's no reason, I think he's going to be better. He's had a really good spring. He's shown power. I think Brendan Donovan's going to be a really good offense player this year. But if for whatever reason he's not, you're going to get production out of a Nolan Gorman potentially at second base. When you look at the outfield, if Tyler O'Neill doesn't find his form from two years ago, well, you've got Dylan Carlson. You've got Lars Newsbar. You've got maybe a Juan Yepes. Like there's just there's enough guys that even if some guys take a step back, there's going to be guys there to take a step forward. The one area that kind of concerns me, and it's a it's it's probably the easiest area on a team to fix, so it's not a huge concern, but it, it does remain in the bullpen. 
as much depth as they have in the bullpen, and as uh, there is no battle going on right now on this Cardinals roster that is more intense with more players who are putting together performances that make them worthy of a spot on the big league roster than what's going on with bullpen pitchers. There's just they've got so many guys in camp who it looks like they could pitch at the major league level. But what they don't really have is a bunch of guys who have been around for a while. Like you go look at most rosters across Major League Baseball, and you're going to find that journeyman relief pitcher who isn't really a high leverage guy, but has seen everything, has done everything. Maybe at some point earlier in his career, he was a high leverage guy, and he's just that calming force in the bullpen. And you just kind of know what you're going to get out of him. And you know what? If there's that day where you play multiple extra innings or a day where it's a really tight game uh, and your starter went short and your high leverage guys were there in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings and they were all pitching on back-to-back days and all of a sudden you're going into a game and a lot of guys are not going to be pitching. you got to reset. You got that. You got that guy who's done it all. You've got that guy who's seen it all, and they can go cover a seventh inning. They can go cover an eighth inning. They can do what you need them to do, and I don't know if this team has that guy at this very moment. They've got a lot of youth. They've got a lot more hard throwers. That's you know one of the interesting things about kind of what we're watching with the Cardinals is trying to figure out how much swing and miss is going to mean to them from a pitching standpoint. It means more. The The rules changes have made pitch-to-contact pitchers less valuable. It's kind of the way when they added the three-batter minimum rule a few years ago. All of a sudden, the lefty one-out guy didn't really exist anymore unless he was the lefty one-out last-out guy because he was coming in just to get that last out. But teams all deployed that lefty specialist who they would use to get one lefty guy out. Now those guys, either they don't exist or their role is a little bit different because you, unless it's the final out, you don't get the opportunity to bring in somebody to face the single lefty. Well, kind of in the same vein, the rules changes impact the value of pitchers. If you are a pitch-to-contact guy more hits are going to get through because the shift is going away. Therefore, your value is not as high as it used to be. The rules changes impact your value. Where if you're a strikeout pitcher, your value goes up that much more. If you are getting swing and miss, that that means you're not going to give up. It doesn't. Nothing changes in terms of number of hits you're giving up. And because the other guys are going to give up more hits, all of a sudden your value goes up a little bit more. And, and the Cardinals have recognized that. Look, Go look at the makeup of the bullpen. Go look at the guys that they've brought in. Go look at the guys that they've let walk away. They clearly, they clearly, clearly, clearly are valuing strikeouts, maybe more than they ever have in the history of the organization because they have been a team that's been inducing contact. And the rule changes have changed, and now they've got a lot more hard throwers and a lot more strikeout guys. So, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at with this team right now. I feel really good about them. And the the red flags that are there, it feels like the, the door B, the other option that you could go down, if that doesn't work out for you, if option A doesn't work, it's not that much of a drop-off. So that's where it's like, well, there's not really that much to be worried about here at the moment. 
All right, when we come back, uh, we are going to be joined by Kevin Ryans from uh, Fox 2 and Channel 11. He joins us in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. It's a great bar sports open line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. What defines us is who we are as a collective group and, and uh, how we progress and gain momentum through the season. The Coach's Corner with St. Louis City Coach Bradley Carnell. Mondays at 9.35 on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. A great bar sports open line rolls on here on KMOX. We're very happy to welcome back onto the program. You see him on uh, Channel 2, Fox 2 KTVI. He is a sports reporter. His name's Kevin Ryans. You follow him on Twitter at OfficialKevRY. Kevin, thanks so much for the time. Thanks for coming back on the program. How are you? I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Doing great. You know, just, you know, continuing to to do what I'm blessed to do, which is to cover sports every day. You know, it doesn't get any better than what I've been doing. So, um, so happy to be here. Yeah, you're uh, you're down in Springfield. You've been covering the uh, state basketball championships, and uh, Vashon just picked up a uh, state championship. And it it feels like the more things you know change, the more they stay the same. Vashon winning state championships. It's something that they've done a whole lot of in the history of that school. Yeah, I believe it's 17 total now, four in a row. Um, if you uh, take out that 2020 year, which was canceled, the, the state championships for classes four, five, and six were canceled. Um, so it's pretty incredible what they're able to do on a year-in, year-out basis. And they had one of the toughest schedules high school-wise, probably in the country, definitely in the St. Louis area, facing teams from all over the country. And um, not only beating some of them, but, like, really taking them down. And so they had an impressive season and um, an impressive run here at State. And they, they, they won by almost 30 points today. So um, it was uh, it was easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy for these guys. And they continue that legacy of winning over there at the shop. Um from a from a fan standpoint, like, it's not that far to get from uh, St. Louis down to, to Springfield for the St. Louis uh, representation, St. Louis schools. Are there a lot of St. Louis fans that have made their way down? Yeah, you know, Vashon was really well represented. Um, 
I you know I had I I I I missed the the Troy game earlier. We were you know we were, we were just coming up a little little behind on that one. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure they, they they brought so many people to that state quarterfinal over in Lindenwood University. I imagine that their crowd was really good. Um, representation from all these all these areas in Missouri is really good. You know, you got a lot of small towns, even in St. Louis, you got a lot of smaller areas where the people are just so fired up for their high school. I mean, the community surrounding a high school um, anywhere you go in the state is so fantastic. And so um, the support overall, no matter where you are in this state, is pretty incredible. From a from a St. Louis sports standpoint, right now, this is. This is as good as it gets. City is rolling. The Battlehawks are back. The the Cardinals are playing spring training games. They're going to be headed north here relatively soon. Uh, the the region was well represented in the NCAA tournament with Missouri still alive and Illinois who lost in their first game. I mean, this, the slew women are going to play their first NCAA tournament game tomorrow. This is this is an incredible sports period right now for this city in this area. Oh man, it's so great! I mean, if you were at that Battlehawks opener and you saw the thirty-eight thousand people there, or if you were at City SC's home opener over at the inaugural game over at City Park, and you saw the twenty-two thousand plus that was there, I mean, you can tell, you can sense just how fired up everybody is for the sports in this area. And you know, again, you mentioned that we're not even done. I mean, you got you know, Missouri is in the round of 32 over in the men's tournament. Slew women are making their first ever appearance in the NCAA tournament this weekend. Obviously, they have a tall order taken on Tennessee, but still like a big-time deal for a lot of this area. So, I mean, it's really incredible just to see everybody. The appetite for sports has always been there, obviously, for St. Louis. It was a, a pro sports town. Always has been a pro sports town with the Cardinals and then before with the Rams, obviously with the Blues and everything. And uh, you kind of forget about the Blues because, you know, yeah. they, they've had their struggles this season, but their season is still going on as well. So people are still hungry and thirsty for a little bit of that hockey in the in, in their sports lives too. But you got so much going on. It's really, really fantastic, you know. And when I started here, that was kind of the kind of the attractive point for me. When I wanted to come here for St. Louis to work, which is how many things were going on. And then on top of that, you got the high schools, too, and how great the talent is. You talk about all the time about the athletes that come out of St. Louis that play at the collegiate level, that play at the pro level. Well, I mean, we're seeing the stars of the future here at the Missouri State Basketball Championships today. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah, specifically to the two newcomers to the area in the, in the Battlehawks and City SC, it really says something a lot about the sports fans in this community. With City, everything sold out. That 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 might be the toughest ticket that has ever existed in in St. Louis, at least for regular season action. Uh, and and then the Battlehawks kind of carrying the XFL, where you have a weekend where the four games have forty five thousand fans, and St. Louis is responsible for thirty eight thousand of them. I mean, I mean, it, it is something to see the support that these teams are getting. Yeah, you know, I was just I was touched by how much people um, really gravitated, particularly to the to the Battlehawks game because that's the game that I I went and I covered last weekend. Man, I just you know people you know people were very upset obviously when when the when the Rams left. They 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 loved their football here and they wanted to prove that they were a football town. And they came out in droves to prove it. I mean, you, when you open up the 400 level for a minor league football game, and I don't put minor league, I don't want to say that in a negative way, because obviously it's professional football. Those guys are going out there and they're giving it their all. They're trying to make the most of an opportunity for themselves. When you go, when you fill the dome like the, the fans did 
um, on on Sunday. That's 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 next level type of support. It really is, and um, that that should be an attractive point for people who ever want to think about playing in St. Louis. Like, look at what you're going to get. People, no matter what, are going to adore you because you're an athlete in their city and you're representing their city well. So it's really incredible. I bet, and that's why and that's why you love sports is because the the fans. They make, you know, obviously, the players and the coaches, the fans and the admiration they have for their athletes and their teams. That's, what, that's, why, that's why you go to these, these events, to see things like 38,310 at the, the Dome on Sunday. I wasn't able to get to the Dome, so I haven't been in there yet. Did, did it feel like a big-time game? Because you know, St. Louis fans are, were used to, to the Rams and going to that Dome for NFL games. How, how similar did the feeling kind of feel uh, towards that, I guess you could say? I mean, did, did, it just, did it feel like it was a minor league football game, or did it feel like it was bigger than that? Yeah, no, it definitely felt like it was a big-time game. And you could tell that the, that the XFL, I think, is really trying to buy into this whole deal. Like, hey, look, we got – we got St. Louis. We got the fans here in St. Louis buying in. They were um, there. All the all the pictures on the TV with the crowds and everything. We uh, my report on Sunday was about just how fired up everybody was, and the and the players talked so heavily and 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 really warmly about how they loved the crowd and they loved the energy that it brought. And it said that not only shouldn't have affected them, it affected the other team as well. You know, and how they, how much they weren't, they were fired up to be able to play. You always want to play in, a, in, a, in front of a big crowd, and so those players did too. I mean, it, it, I mean, it was really incredible. It felt like a big time deal, um, because the fans say it's a big time deal. You know, sometimes you don't really, really realize. Like, you know, when I came here, I was like, oh, XFL. You know, obviously it's not, not the NFL, but you know, these fans here, they don't care. They, they, they treat it as such. You know, they treat it that it is a, it is a big time sport because it is a sport they love here and they thirst for here. So, um, really incredible stuff. It did feel, feel really big. Before we get you out of here, I want to go back to a story that you had uh, towards the end of February. So it's been a few weeks, but I thought it was awesome, and I'm a. I am a proud graduate of Ladue High School, and I had no clue that this was going on. But you did a report uh, about a cheer team uh, that it's really it, the the idea behind the cheer team is uh, uh, inclusivity. It was really cool, and people can find it online for sure. But do you mind kind of resharing that story and what's going on there? Because I just I just thought it was awesome. Yeah, over at Ladue Horton Watkins High School, they have uh, they call it the Sparkle Effect. The Sparkle Effect is an inclusive cheer team for people with and without uh, developmental disabilities. And um, the, the the purpose is is to you know a lot of these, particularly young ladies, but also young men too, um, you know they're not included in a lot of uh, different things throughout the school. And this was a way for them to be able to do cheerleading of all things. You're in front of people and, you know, cheerleading is, you know, you think of cheerleading, you think of it as, you know, you know, you know, just the, the best of the best, either flippers and dancers and people who are enthusiastic. Well, I mean, you couldn't tell, I mean, it, the, the enthusiasm that these kids brought um, in the high school uh, for this, cheer team is incredible and so we went in and talked to them i saw that i really i i ran into it covering a high school basketball game and then that's when i i asked about it and then i did the story on it and what i found is that not only has it affected the people who you know who have developmental disabilities but also the people who are are, are able as well they were 
so touched and they, they it's changed their lives just how uh, being a part of this group and being a part of that team and so um, it was uh, it was it was one of my one of the stories I wanted to do because I wanted to show and highlight some of the good that's going on over there at Ladue Horton Watkins High School and um, schools all across the country. I think is oh eight it's like north of two hundred of these teams across the country, which is an incredible deal. You know we need more inclusivity um, in in our in our nation in general, and to have that in our area is just fantastic. Have you gotten a lot of response from it? Yeah, you know, good responses from it, particularly from that high school community. They were very, you know, they were, one, they were happy to that, you know, because everyone had known about this for the last few years over there at that high school. And they were happy that it was kind of being shown um, into, you know, for the rest of the St. Louis area to see. And then from people who, you know, like alums like you who didn't know that it was going on, they were proud of the school yeah. for it, to, that, that they had it too. You know, and I, I, I got that kind of sense as well, which is really cool and really neat because, you know, it shows that, you know, when you show off some of the good that's going on in the world and you show off so many enthusiastic people, you're going to get a great response out of it. And I'm just happy that we were able to highlight what, what is a really great program. I am, I am too. So I really appreciated that uh, that you did that. To be sure. Well, uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on the program. Very busy time for you. He is uh, Kevin Ryan's. You see him on uh, Fox Two uh, KTVI Channel Eleven as well. Don't want to forget about the power of two. He is uh, Kevin Ryan's. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. There's Kevin Ryan's. We'll take a break. Have more in just a moment. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX, our uh, final show of the week. We'll be back uh, next week. Have pretty much uh, full shows all week long next week. Looking forward to that. And uh, next Wednesday is going to be our final countdown to opening day. Speaking of counting down to opening day, on uh, Thursday, March 30th from 10 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, we have the annual KMOX Kegs and Eggs. Tickets are available. It's presented by Budweiser. And uh, if you purchase a ticket, you get access to a covered VIP area with private restrooms, Budweiser products, themed cocktails featuring Maker's Mark bourbon in addition to uh, much more in terms of those themed cocktails. Uh, Sugar Fire Smokehouse is going to be there. We're going to feed you souvenir event cups courtesy of Dirt Cheap and much, much more. If you want to get the details, if you want to get buy tickets, whatever it might be, 
KMOX.com slash events is where you want to go to uh, find uh, all those details about everything going on with Kegs and Eggs, March 30th, 10 in the morning until 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Again, you get the private restroom access, which on on that day, with everything going on, there is a lot of value in that, to be sure, plus everything else uh, going on as well. It's going to be uh, a whole lot of fun. All right, we have reached that time where we try to have a little fun with audio, go back through the things that were talked about in Jupiter today. Cardinals manager Oliver uh, Marmel meeting with the media, and all of a sudden, that Major League Clubhouse is filling up once again as uh, WBC guys are starting to report back to the team, and Marmel said it's great to have those guys back with the club. Having uh, these guys start to stroll in from the WBC, it'll be it'll be nice get uh, the boys back together and uh, finish spring strong. Obviously, we still have a couple guys playing, but um, it's good to get Tio here and uh, Mercado back, and Eddie and Cabby and kind of Palante lands later on this evening, so that's good as well. So yeah, looking forward to all of it. Now it takes a little bit of time for all of them to kind of assimilate back into what's going on, especially depending on travel. We talked yesterday about Tommy Edmond and just the crazy travel it took for him to uh, get where he was going and then to uh, get back into uh, the United States. So we'll we'll probably see him back in a Grapefruit League game at some point this weekend at the absolute latest early next week, but it sounds like they're shooting for this weekend. Other guys traveled less distance, but there's still certainly travel that goes along with it. So Marmel said that they're going through that process of just working on uh, as these guys come back to camp, the next step is really working them into games. Mercado's in today. Our hope is that T.O. and Eddie are in at some point this weekend. And um, yeah, as we cabby and those guys, we'll start to filter them in and figure out what uh, what that needs to look like over the next three or four days. But yeah, our hope is to get those guys in there pretty soon. So Tyler O'Neill is back. He is in the mix in terms of who's going to be the starting center fielder for the Cardinals. He played center field for Team Canada in the WBC, something Marmel was very happy about. Anytime you can go out there and get reps, in-game reps, and not just practice, um, it's much better. Uh, just because you have to react to what's coming your way rather than just working on throwing a third or throwing a second or knowing where it's going to get hit. So that's where getting him in the game and having him run it down the center will be important. So when we talk about that battle for center field, we do talk about Tyler O'Neill. We do talk about Dylan Carlson. We talk about Lars Newtbar. Those are the uh, three guys that are really uh, contending. All three guys are kind of in a, a different spot, and uh, Marmel addressed all three starting uh, with O'Neill. He'll get a shot. To, it's not a matter of what he needs to do as much as like just laying eyes on him and, and making sure that there's some comfort there. We've seen what Dylan can do. We've evaluated that. Um, obviously, Newt's still playing, and that's tougher. Um, but even going into it without having to see it, we have an idea of what each guy's capable of. We just want to confirm our thoughts by putting them out there and letting them show it as well. In many ways, it feels like this battle for center field was kind of started when it became a legitimate possibility that Jordan Walker was going to potentially make the club. And right now, all indications are that he probably will make the club will be on this team when uh, they break and, and head north after a uh, spring training comes to an end. So he's going to go to left field and then you got to figure out uh, what you're going to do in those other spots. When talking about Walker, uh, Marmel said that he's really doing a great job, not just handling the on the field stuff, but also doing a nice job handling that, that emotional, that mental part of the game. He's done that well. Um, 
it's impressive that regardless of how he does in a game, he's the same, especially at that age. You don't know if you're just watching him in the dugout in the eighth inning. You don't know if he's three for three or over four, and uh, that's a good trade. Um, take him out of a game after a couple of ground ball double plays where he had an opportunity to drive in some runs and he was even keel. Um, you wouldn't notice what kind of game he's having. So he's handled it really well, um, especially for his age. That's, uh, you do that over time and that plays. Somebody else that we've spent a fair amount of time talking about throughout the course of spring training is uh, Nolan Gorman. He has the opportunity to be an impact bat if he uh, really takes that step forward. Uh, there was so much, you know, so much excitement about what he was going to be when he first got to St. Louis last year, and he was at the beginning, and then he kind of fell off. But that's been the the M.O. for him throughout his career. You look at every step up as he has advanced through the minor leagues, he gets to a new place, kind of hits a wall for a little while, and then is able to bust through it. So the question is, is he going to bust through it? We've, we've already discussed over the last few weeks, really ad nauseum, about all the things that Gorman did in the offseason, adjusting his swing to put himself in the best possible position. Well, the numbers, they're pretty good. Hitting uh, 324, two home runs, nine RBIs, an OPS that's just a tick under a thousand. So the numbers are spectacular so far for Gorman. Uh, something that uh, manager Oliver Marmel feels really good about. I, I think he's making some really good progress. Um, his swing is in a really good place. I think his demeanor is as good as we've ever seen it. The combination of those two things are just going to allow him to be Gorman and. Um, I feel really good about his spring so far. Another player that we spend a lot of time talking about is Jordan Hicks. We talk about him because when you look at the velocity that he throws his pitches, it just feels like this guy can be an elite, high-leverage relief pitcher uh, in Major League Baseball. And this spring, it's hard to evaluate guys on results in spring, uh, but it has been a somewhat up-and-down spring for him. When he's at his best, he's unhittable. He's also pitched to a 6.35 ERA. Now, a lot, again, sample size, right? He's appeared in six games, and uh, he had a game uh, early. He had he gave up two runs in his uh, first outing when he only got two outs. So there's been some things that have happened that are going to elevate your ERA, but I think it's still fair to say that it's been an up and down spring for Jordan Hicks. Marmel was asked about what are the next steps for Hicks to become really that consistent player that you would like to see him be. I think there's a level of uh, focus. Um, he's improved a ton when it comes to that. Like uh, when I say night and day, it's, it's, it's impressive. Now there's a level of, of focus from pitch one. If you start looking at his outings, there's like first... 10 pitches or so, even a little less than that, um, is where he's scattered and not really dialed in. And then after that, he dials it in, and it's it's, it's nasty, and it's a difficult at that. So being able to do that from pitch one um, will allow him to be more efficient, and that's a, that's a small detail, attention to focus type thing, which he's aware of. And then the last thing, and bluntly, this is not a real positive uh, conversation right now when we talk about Paul DeYoung. He's injured right now, and there doesn't seem to be much of a timeline on when he is going to potentially be able to return. It should happen before spring training wraps up, but we're at a point now where there's a couple weeks left in spring, and 
if there's a ramp-up period for him to get back into games following kind of getting healthy, well, that doesn't leave a whole lot of time for him to prove why he needs to be on this club. And he has not hit so far this year in spring. He's appeared in six games. He's hitting uh, 154. And it just kind of feels like the Cardinals aren't quite sure what the next step is. In fact, they don't really have a plan at this point on when and how DeYoung will get back into games. As of right now, um, I don't know because he's he hasn't gotten to the point where we can even evaluate what that progression would look like. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Is it getting worse? No, not worse. Um, still the same as no, it's been progress every day, but it's still we're still a couple of days away from being able to map that out. Yeah, so you listen to that. I I don't know what the answer is. I just I don't know what the answer is when it comes to Paul DeYoung because it felt like coming into spring. This is I, and I was totally wrong. This is what I thought was going to happen. I thought he was going to come into spring and he was going to have a fantastic spring. He worked so hard in the offseason. He redid his swing when you're playing in spring training games. Uh, sometimes you are going up against high-end pitching, but a lot of times you're not. And we have seen that he has no problem when he goes back down to AAA. He has no problem dominating AAA pitching. So my prediction was that he was going to have this amazing offensive spring. He was going to make the club, but it wasn't going to mean anything, and we weren't really going to learn whether or not the changes that he made in the offseason were going to work until the regular season got started. And then I, I had no prediction on that. I didn't know if it was going to work or if all of a sudden it was going to kind of look back to, to being the way that it was uh, much of last year. Well, that hasn't happened. And he hasn't been able to stay on the field. When he's been on the field, he hasn't hit. He's been basically a 150 hitter. And now runway becomes an issue. Now, does he have enough time to accomplish things here in spring to make the club? Because if he's still a few days out from returning, and if he's a few days out from being cleared to play, and then it's going to take him another two, three, four days to ramp up, at that point, you're you're right there at the end of spring training. And there's just not enough time. So I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked if perhaps we see a situation with DeYoung where maybe he starts the season on the injured list and at some point relatively early on in the season, you can get him to Memphis on a rehab assignment and give him some time down there, two weeks, three weeks, up to a month, and allow him kind of have to have a second opportunity at spring training with that. Because right now I just I, I don't know if he's got enough time to do enough to make the team. And that's that's just looking at the numbers. And I Again, why are you rushing this guy back here when there's not enough time for him to do anything? That might be the safe move, especially with the fact that he continues to be banged up. You get him on the injured list, and and you kind of give him a second opportunity to get things going uh, at some point on a minor league rehab assignment. That would be my thought. I'm not the one making the decisions, but uh, that would be my thought. All right, uh, we're going to continue our fun with audio, but we're going to do it a little bit uh, with a different sport uh, City SC, they are set for their second home match. It's going to be coming up tomorrow night. They take on San Jose. You can hear it on our sister station, Y98. Uh, Bradley Carnell, the head coach of City SC, met with the media yesterday. We'll play back some of what uh, he had to say leading into this big one coming up uh, tomorrow. We'll do that next as we continue on. It is a Sports Open Line right here on KMOX.
Back at it for one more segment here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Getting set for uh, the weekend. What a great sports weekend we've got coming up. Locally, uh, two big events are going to be taking place with uh, St. Louis City SC. They are in action. They are hosting San Jose coming up on Saturday night. And then also uh, the Battlehawks are going to be playing uh, essentially at the same time. Battlehawks are going to be getting started uh, just a little bit sooner. Elsewhere, St. Louis University women's basketball playing their NCAA tournament matchup in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. That's going to be on 97.1 FM Talk. We've got Cardinals baseball throughout the course of the weekend as well as they continue Grapefruit League play. So just really, really, really a great uh, St. Louis sports weekend. Did want to talk a little more City SC before we get out of here. Uh, Head coach Bradley Carnell met with the media yesterday. Wanted to play some of the things uh, that he had to say. This is a team coming off wins against Austin, Charlotte, and Portland. And, you know, I was saying that the Portland win for me is the one that was most impressive. Uh, And not because of how good of a team Portland is, but just because of kind of the the situation, I guess, that they, you know, you understand playing your first ever match going into Austin, just kind of, you never really know what's going to happen in a season opener anyways, and then there's the kind of the craziness, and then obviously playing that first ever home match uh, against Charlotte, there was a lot of juice in there, but things kind of starting to stabilize, starting to normalize as you make that second road trip into Portland, and you find a way to win, and to me, that was really impressive, and now we'll see if they can make a little bit of history as they try to uh, go 4-0 to to open up the season as an expansion uh, team, which would be uh, which would be absolutely amazing. Wanted to play back some of what uh, Bradley Carnell had to say when uh, speaking to the media yesterday, and we could talk so much about uh, getting the three wins in their first three weeks of action. Uh, but Carnell made it very clear they're taking it just one week at a time. Yeah, hundred percent. I see a group that's extremely hungry, um, ambitious, and and humble. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good energy around the group every day. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things happening. Um, obviously, momentum and success helps ease the cause, right, of, of all of that. But uh, I think even if we weren't 3-0, I think this group would be eager and hungry for more. So, yeah, I mean, just excited about every day having the opportunity to work with these guys and, and to see them grow as individuals, as human beings and, you know, players as well. I mean, we've, we've had some good successes, but uh, it's important for us not to not to get a, too, too ahead of the way, you know, dreaming and... and uh, keeping our feet on the ground, and I think that's been pretty much the message this whole week, and uh, yeah, we've received little bits of information from everywhere, you know, everyone loves us at the moment, so we're just trying to forget about all that and, and stay with uh, focus with the job on hand. And he would go on to say, even though they have these three wins and three matches, it's a long season, and it doesn't feel like that they have accomplished that much quite yet, even with their great start. I don't think that we can... We can we can sell ourselves on nine points and say that's great. Start to the MLS life has been really good, and then sit back and roll. You know, get get all relaxed. But I don't think that's our way. Um, this group is, is is different. The way they think, the way we speak about things, the way we we want to achieve and, and go about the next target and the next game. Um, and, and this team has been really magnificent to hit the hard reset button every single time. So you know, we we want a clean sheet mentality now. You know, we've we've gone down in every single game. Is that the type of, you know, always environment we want to be? Yes, if we work back to win games and, and get three points, you know, we'll take it. But over the long term, going a goal down early and, and uh, not keeping clean sheets, you know, that doesn't stand you well throughout a, pre- uh, throughout a whole MLS season. So for us, 
you know, the next objective is uh, tighten things at the back, clean sheet mentality, and we go from there. I thought this was interesting from Carnell. He was talking about playing with pressure and mentioned the pressure that they played with in the first two weeks, but actually said it as the season is going along and even as the wins continue to uh, mount up, they're actually feeling a little bit less pressure on a week-by-week basis. We've earned two credits, right? So we earned two credits, um, and the best, pl- the best way to play is, is when there's no pressure. So the first two games were under immense pressure, right? So the pressure of playing... Uh, you know, the very first game in Austin against one of the best environments in the MLS. Then you come home to the home opener, um, you know, and now we know it's one of the best environments in the MLS uh, because the fans brought it, right? So we didn't want to disappoint. So that lived on our shoulders every single day. We didn't speak about it, but of course it's with us, right? It inherently happens. Um, and then we earn the right to play free, which was the best thing. Now, we, now we're just playing free, which is awesome. And uh, the minute we can play free and with momentum, then it's difficult to contain and difficult to stop if you have the right mentality. And I believe the group has the right mentality, and uh, I think there's a good energy. And again, from a big picture standpoint, they've won three matches. That you, you're not a playoff team because you won your first three matches. Like the, the accomplishment from a big picture standpoint, uh, nothing yet. But in, in in the moment, they've accomplished something. This is. They were selected to be the last place team. People really questioned the talent on the roster. And for them to start off with three straight wins, uh, it's it's really impressive. And you try to figure out what led to this. And Carnell said that they feel really, really good about the process that they took to get to this point. We knew as a group, we were confident of what we were doing. And uh, during the planning and the preparations, we, we felt pretty confident uh, about what we were doing, right? And we feel we had the right players in place to do that, exactly what we, what we asked of them. And uh, there's been great commitment within the group. So, you know, if there was uh, a feeling of where maybe, you know, there wasn't that much of a buy-in on the philosophy, or maybe there's one or two pieces missing or certain things, but we feel very comfortable with our group right now. And uh, yeah, I think uh, the hard work uh, that we put in over six, seven weeks of preseason, um, is, is paying off, but we don't want to pay it off over three weeks. We want to pay it off over uh, 12, 18, 34 match days. So um, this is our drive every single day. So they're going to match up against a San Jose team coming up uh, against City Park, 7.30 on Saturday night. You can hear it on our sister station, Y98, and uh, Carnell is expecting a challenge from San Jose. For me, San Jose should have nine points right now. Um, They've been playing really well, uh, really expensive, you know, 600 passes a game, um, very good with the ball, three weapons up top, Abel Bise, you know, Kate Cowell um, and Christian Espinosa. So these guys, to shut them down over 90 minutes is, is virtually impossible. Um, we have to do our job. Uh, you know, when we have the ball, we're at our most vulnerable moments. So we have to make sure that we have good tactical awareness um, and, and a good game plan to, to keep these guys at bay. And... Uh, yeah, they've done really well with a good coach who's, who's come in with a mission, and then you can see that on the field of play. City SC in action on Saturday night, tomorrow night, as they are going to play host to San Jose. Vantage Credit Union game time scheduled for 7.30, and you can hear it over on our sister station, Y98. And that's just about going to do it for this edition of Sports Open Line. Busy show. Thanks to all of our guests who are on today. This was fun, and have a great weekend. We will talk to you again coming up on Monday right here on KMOX.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.